What is a cryptocurrency bridge? Why would someone use a cryptocurrency bridge? How do they work? And most importantly, what can go wrong with cryptocurrency bridges? That's the subject of today's video. Hey everyone and welcome back. This is the Part-Time Economist and in today's video we are talking all about cryptocurrency bridges, what they are, why you would want to use them, how they work, all the good stuff. But before we jump into the video, I always do like to say none of my videos are financial advice. I'm simply trying to help you understand more about cryptocurrency and how it works. So with that being said, in today's video we are talking about bridges and the simple question is, what even is a bridge? A bridge allows us to take assets that exist on one blockchain and create a representation of those assets on a different blockchain so that we can get access to different features. And if that sounds like gibberish, I've got an example that I hope will clear it up. Let's suppose that you've got some cash, right? Cash. Um, US dollars, pounds, euro, whatever is an asset. And you want to use that asset in a certain way. You want to buy a specific product. So you go into Walmart and you're looking around, you're seeing all the products and you say, you know what? I've got this cash here, but I can't use it in the way I want. The product that I want to buy isn't on the shelves here. So you say, you know what? I know there's another store called Target and if I take my cash there, I might be able to use it in the way that I want at this other store. So here's my question to you. If you take your asset from one store to another, will you still be able to spend it on what you're looking to spend? Well, the answer is of course yes, because that asset is recognized and is accepted at both of those different locations. Now. I'll give you a second example. Let's suppose that you shop a lot at Kohl's, which is a department store. They sell clothes, various household goods. They have a rewards program called Kohl's Cash where you get an in-store credit. Same situation. You go to Kohl's, you're trying to spend your money on something and you're looking around. You don't really see what you want. You say, you know what? I want to spend my Kohl's Cash on my Coke Rewards, which is a rewards website through the Coca-Cola company. Now I will ask you the same question. Are you going to be able to spend that asset in the different location? And the answer, of course, this time is no. It is not accepted. It is not a valid form of payment um, on this separate website. So that brings us to cryptocurrency. Why would someone use a cryptocurrency bridge? Essentially, what a bridge does is it allows us to use an asset that exists on one blockchain on a different blockchain. Now, why would we want to do this? Well, let's just use the example of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the oldest cryptocurrency and Although it is widely respected, it doesn't necessarily have a lot of the features that some of these new cryptocurrency blockchains do. There's no NFTs, there's no decentralized finance, there's no blockchain-based gaming. So if I want to lend my Bitcoin, that's something that I simply can't do on the Bitcoin blockchain. So what are my options? Well, I could sell my Bitcoin and buy a cryptocurrency that does support lending like Ethereum, but I don't want to lend Ethereum. I want to lend Bitcoin and I can't do this on the Bitcoin blockchain. So what if I could create a representation of a Bitcoin 
on a blockchain that does support this lending that does support all these different things that I want to do. That's where bridges come into play. But remember, cryptocurrency doesn't exist in the physical sense. So it's not as simple as just attaching our Bitcoin to an email and sending it somewhere else. Rather, the key to understand is that there is no spoon. I'm sorry, I mean, there is no coins. Bitcoin, any cryptocurrency, does not exist in the physical sense. Rather, it is a representation of value. That value is stored on the native blockchain. So if there's no cryptocurrency to actually move, how do we create a representation of that cryptocurrency that doesn't physically exist on another blockchain? Well, in short, we need a way of transferring that value through four specific ways. The first step, we've got to lock the coins on the original chain. If we don't lock these coins and we just issue a representation on the new blockchain, well, we have essentially created something out of thin air, something that isn't backed by anything. So we've got to lock the original Bitcoin and create a representation of that Bitcoin on the other blockchain. This uh, representation should be able to circulate and be traded, but at some point it should be able to be redeemed, it gets destroyed, and the underlying Bitcoin gets released back into circulation. So just to give a simple example of how that would work, I've created a simple bridge. On the left, we have standard basic Bitcoin, no fancy things at all. We decide we want to lend Bitcoin on Ethereum, so we use a bridge. What that bridge does is it takes this thing that says, I am one Bitcoin, it freezes it, essentially, it locks it up, and then it creates a representation on Ethereum, on Solana, on Polkadot, whatever the case may be, that says, I represent one Bitcoin. Now, the bridge is only good if that representation of a Bitcoin is truly backed by the underlying Bitcoin. Likewise, it's only good if we can eventually redeem it for the underlying Bitcoin. So in this simple model, what we see is we have this Bitcoin, we create the representation of the Bitcoin, and then these people, they do various things that they couldn't do with this Bitcoin on the new blockchain. So they can trade their Bitcoin on the Ethereum blockchain. They can accept payment in Bitcoin on the Ethereum blockchain. And then at some point, someone might say, you know what? I don't like the way Ethereum is going. Um, I want to get the underlying real Bitcoin. I'm getting out of this Ethereum. Just give me my real Bitcoin. So what we've got to do is we've got to reverse this transaction. We have this representation of a Bitcoin. It's, it's a one-for-one -one swap. That needs to be destroyed, right? Because if we don't destroy it and we release the underlying Bitcoin, again, we've doubled the money supply. So it needs to be destroyed. And that original Bitcoin needs to be released from that frozen state so it can circulate. If we can't release that original Bitcoin, then the representation of that Bitcoin is valueless because it can't be redeemed. So with that being said, uh, a couple key requirements here. There needs to be a one-to-one -one equivalency. If we lock up one Bitcoin, we should create one representation of a Bitcoin. If our bridge creates multiples of that, well, then we run into an issue because these representative Bitcoins aren't backed by the underlying asset. Um, 
a couple other things we need to have this redeemability right so if we go to redeem the representation of a bitcoin and there's no underlying bitcoin well then these representative assets are essentially valueless so key point here bridges enable functionality but they must be carefully constructed which is pretty much like a bridge in real life right it allows us to get from one island to another and the complexity of creating a bridge in real life is so much more than simply paving over a road, right? And it's the same with cryptocurrency. Bridges are incredibly complex because they're trying to take an asset, freeze it, create a representation of that asset, and then ultimately allow the representative asset to be destroyed and re-release the original asset. So a lot of moving parts, but I hope this video gave you at least a better understanding of what bridges are, why they're important, and a little bit of how they work. As always, I'd like to thank you for watching the video, and I'll see you next time.